Most people don't know what's holding them back, but you do because you listen to me, Sam, your self-care guru and journal junkie. Welcome to Journal Entries, your safe place where you can tune in weekly to get tips, tricks, and journal prompts to uncover your feelings, gain clarity, and make your move. On today's call, we have Marissa Green. She is a mom, entrepreneur, and a recovering workaholic who is on a mission to help ambitious parents calm the chaos through personalized work-life design. She's cultivating a community through the Reimagine Ambition podcast that's dedicated to creating authentic dialogue around how we can create more space for ourselves in the wild adventure of work life as parents. Marissa also uses her background in employee experience strategy to help companies advance a workplace culture that supports balance and self-care through the Work Life Reimagined program. Today, we get into a little bit of all of that, work-life balance, her perspective on that, having a village and support and how to get that and so many juicy things. So let's dig in. Welcome to our show today, Marissa. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. This has been probably six weeks in the making, actually. <laughs> it has. In true working parent fashion. You know, yes. Oh my gosh. Trying to yeah, fit it in. Our first time we were supposed to record, I was sick. And then the second time, um, what happened? Was my son sick? And then your kid was and sick then or... mine was right yeah. there's one day that I got the call you know the dreaded call yeah. of like dun 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 when you see the school's number come up on your phone <laughs> and you're like well here we go yeah <laughs> yeah that's what happened I think it happened yeah. to both of us so mm-hmm. yes yes but now we're here but... we're good we have healthy children and we're healthy too so yes knock on wood but we made it uh-huh. so why don't we just start off with um a little intro if you want to share a little bit more about who you are and your kiddos and just what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am Marissa Green and I have two kiddos, the most important things, um, five and eight, two girls, and they're a complete joy. I love, love being a mom. Um, I also though love working and making an impact on the world. And so in my time that I'm not being a mom, I um, have two jobs. Uh, one job is, and I'm an, a consultant for employee experience. And what that means is I help um, companies basically make sure that the culture inside their organizations and the experience for their employees is amazing. Um, and my focus is on helping to connect employees to purpose and also helping to connect employees to more work-life balance, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. And then the second thing that I love to do is um, I help ambitious working parents figure out how how to calm the chaos through work-life balance and work-life design. And I'm really drawn to that because I was a completely burnt out working parent a couple of years ago, um, living the corporate dream and like trying to thrive, but really just surviving. And so now I really try to ensure that anything I'm doing that is outside of you know, being with my kids and being the best mom I can be is highly focused on helping other people get to a place of, you know, more calm and less burnout, especially in today's way of working. I can relate to that. And I know that a lot, if not all of my listeners who are moms can so relate to that, to the, to the burnout and to the calm. And if I had to pick one 
word that my private clients, at least what they struggle with and what they desire is, is that calm? That's what they desire Mm -hmm. is that sense of calm because they feel burnt out and they feel like they're so reactive because Mm -hmm. they have so much on their plate and they, they want to show up in those ways, you know? So how, how did that shift happen for you Mm -hmm. uh, after you became a mom and then had that realization of like, I can't keep going on like this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, the shift kind of happened out of necessity at, Mm -hmm. at first. So I, um, I had a traumatic birth experience with my first daughter And I think that it kind of sent me, I was already a bit of a workaholic and like high achievement driven. And I think that experience and not really processing it and working through it just sent me into overdrive after I went back to work, um, after my first kiddo. And that continued all the way until my second kid daughter was about two and a half. And we were in the middle of the pandemic. I just basically for those five years, five and a half years, I was just on all the time, go, go, go. And trying to do my best as a working parent. I was, I'm the first of my family on both my husband's side and my side to be a working mom. Everyone else um, stayed home. And so I had built up a lot of pressure. None of them put that pressure on me, but I had built up this pressure of like, I'm going to keep my achievement and you know, have my career and be this like most amazing present mother. And five and a half years later, in the middle of a pandemic, my body was like, no, you aren't. (laughs) You you were not doing that. Um, And I started getting these terrible headaches. I was just having anxiety, all the, all the things that happen inside our bodies and in our minds when we push ourselves to the brink. And so it was that experience that really drove me to start questioning and start saying, gosh, why am I doing this? That was the main shift for me was stepping back. And instead of always focusing on the, what, what I was doing, how I was doing it, like what I was getting out of it, I shifted to a why perspective of, well, why do I do all of this? Like, why am I? And I started realizing I wasn't really doing it for me or for the kids. I was doing it because I had built up this expectation inside myself that I thought I should be. Like there wasn't a real rationale to the achievement or a real rationale to the way I was trying to parent. Um, And so asking that why was like the shift for me um, after my body told me, get real lady because this is not working (laughs) (laughs) that's really powerful just one simple question and that but it's a completely different perspective and that shift Mm -hmm. what are we doing this for you know right why and you know it's interesting because I work on this question with my clients as well and so many times when people come to work with me they come because they think that what we're going to sit down and do is build a plan for how work is going to get easier. Like, like so many times that's the question they're asking. Like, I know I need more balance. So there must be this tactical thing I can do with my calendar. I'm going to play Tetris like differently, you know, and they're consistently surprised when I spend like three weeks asking them why And they're like, like by the third week, they're like, I get it. Now I understand why the why is so important because Mm -hmm. we're so, um, 
you know, we're trained as women, I think, to really uh, live in the space of plans and productivity and pragmatism. And uh, I think sometimes once we get into parenthood, we lose the idea of the deeper meaning behind it all because we're just, our brains are so full of all the other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And it can be really powerful to just take a pause and be like, why? Mm -hmm. Why? So. I just keep thinking of my twin sister right now because she has a, her first baby due in March. Yeah. And yeah, super exciting. <laughs> she is a workaholic for sure. And she would admit that. And so I actually gifted her when she found out that she was pregnant. I did just like a quick Google search. So no deep dive or anything, but I gifted her this book. And it was for, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's for expecting moms mm. for business owners. And it's like how Ooh, cool business. It was literally the only book that popped up. And so just hearing you talk, I'm like, this is needed at all phases, you know, like once moms hit mm-hmm. that burnout, but also like women and business owners prepping for right? that because she so badly is like, doesn't want to burn out and wants to sustain mm-hmm. her success that she's seen, but also be a present mom, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because I look back at this. So when I, before I hit the body burnout that kind of forced me to question things, I had already been doing my own little version of discovery inside my company. And every time I sat down with another mom, I would ask questions about, you know, how are you doing it? And I would explain, because I already knew at that time that what I was doing wasn't really working and I wanted it to be different. I just didn't know what that could be. I, I There was no real example for me of how to do it. And so I went on this like discovery of like, I'm going to find the answer. I'm going to figure out, you know, what what's the magic magic bullet here. And I was so surprised to kind of uncover no one, no one had the magic answer. Like there was no one size fits all magic answer. A lot of people suggested that I hire another nanny, which I was like, (laughs) that's that's not really what I'm talking about, but okay. Thank you. Uh, A fine answer for other people, not the answer that I needed. Mm -hmm. And so what I kind of realized is that it isn't so much about there being this magical answer or a recipe that works for everyone. It's about allowing ourselves the permission and the time and the space to truly design what does work for us. And holy cow, do I wish that someone had given me that advice four months before my kids were born or at the first moment of burnout. But in all that searching and all that talking, that was not something that people shared. That was not a prompt that people gave, right? They mm-hmm. they were happy to give, well, this is what works for me. This is what you should do, right? Mm-hmm. And and really like for your sister and for anybody else kind of entering into this, I, you know, about to have children is like, just allow yourself some space and time to discover what it can be for you. You don't have to figure it out right now. You don't yet know what it will look like, but mm-hmm. build in the space and time for what it can be for you. Um, and I'll share one more like quick thing. This is a great example of like my brain then. I was so obsessive about plans. When I went out on maternity leave, I had like a PowerPoint presentation about what my maternity leave was going to look like. And then the second baby, I like built almost an entire business while I was on maternity leave. (laughs) And so 
I would also encourage anybody who might be a new parent or, you know, your sister stepping into it, like also think about how do you just let go a little bit while you go through this journey and allow yourself to truly just embrace the idea of things are going to be different and that's okay. You can still have all the things that you want in life. They just might happen a little differently. It's so funny. My sister has that plan and she has announced it to her community. <laughs> I love oh my it. Gosh. Bless her heart. Well, it's good. Yes. It's good to have a plan. Yes, yes. <laughs> this will be her favorite episode. I already know. Oh, so, good. So is this when Reimagine Ambition was born or is this a new like concept that you then started giving your clients within your company? Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. So I... Reimagine Ambition started out as an idea for a podcast. That was it. It was, I just went through this journey. I'm still going through it. And I am lonely. Like I was feeling very isolated as an ambitious working parent who wanted to fit more joy and calm in. That was not a conversation that was happening at my company when I was there. It was not a conversation that was common with my other like high achieving friends And I was like, I need my people. I need to like, you know, and I need to create conversations with people like you to help me on my journey. So the podcast started in that way. And then I started to realize as more and more people were talking to me or saying like, gosh, I feel seen. Thank you for the podcast. I'm like, wait, maybe there's something in this, in the journey that I went on and what I've learned so far that could help other people. And so the, the coaching part of the work, um, has just started like in July of this year. So that is actually new. I'm kind of building around it and trying to shape it in a way that really works for the community. Um, as you know, like as busy working parents, we don't have a lot of extra time for Mm self-care and a lot of us also, there's a hesitancy to like partner with someone to help us on that journey because of the mindset of like, I can do it all on my own, or I should be able to. Um, and so I'm really getting curious about how to do it in a way that, that really works for the working parent. Um, and a lot of my clients right now have been great at sharing that feedback and like helping me to understand, like, how do we model this so that people can actually access it? That's awesome. I, I feel like I have sought out different coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's like a membership, you know, of different like sleep Mm -hmm. coaching, for example, sleep is something definitely that I'm going through right now, but I get to that point of like, I just can't do it anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So it would be Mm -hmm. so great though, to, you know, start a little bit before that so that you don't kind of like with the burnout, like not allowing ourselves to get in so deep and think that we can do it all and to have Mm -hmm. a coach like you to like help design, you know, before we even get to that point, which brings me to my question. You've mentioned the word design a couple of times. And I know that you've said like (laughs) how so many women try to balance it all and like work-life mm-hmm. balance with family and work and all of this, but you, your approach is different, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what is that approach that you've kind of hinted towards that? And are there any steps that we, you would suggest starting with to get there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So I get excited about this question because I love to say the, the frame, I think work-life balance is a joke. Like, I don't <laughs> think that the idea and I, and I, I think it's a joke because of the way that we depict it. So when I think about work-life balance, often the vision that comes up in my mind is this scale. 
And the only way to balance it is with some kind of perceived 50-50 split. And I can't really think of a a um, two-way split in my life between anything that's 50-50, right? So my partner and I don't have a distinct 50-50 split between everything in the home. We don't have a distinct 50-50 split of everything with the kids. Work and life are not always this 50-50 balance. And so the concept behind the work that I do is all centered on, you've got to design the split that works for you. It It is not about holding on to an expectation that might be built up in your mind based on what you think you're supposed to do or society has told you you should. It's more sitting down and saying, what does it look like for me? What does it look like for our family? And what is realistic for this moment in time? Like balance and the design of your work life is something that should change with every season of your child's growth that should change with every ebb and flow of your work. Like there are some months where you might be all in and all on and some months that you can just take a vacation and take a step back. It's really about being very intentional with how you design it and continuing to iterate on it. And what sits underneath that are two key things. So one is like really being in a true designer's mindset. And I say that like from a place of creativity. So, so often when we sit down to build a plan or to think about balance, we think about these very like practical things. Like I said, the Tetris of your calendar. Um, And this is really about getting really creative to uncover what you desire and want it to be from a very creative space. Because when we can come at a problem creatively, we can be really innovative. It also helps us to build a more sustainable plan with habits that we can actually make changes with. If you do it all just based on like the tactics of moving the boxes around, it's likely that you're going to like avoid that box for yoga on Friday because something came up with work. Like you got to know that like deeper creative feeling behind it. And then also it's rooted in this concept. I study human-centered design for my consulting work. That's that's a methodology I apply at work. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I should start applying this to my life. Like human-centered design with me at the center and my life at the center, not my work at the center. Mm -hmm. So again, so many times when I'm working with clients or even having guests on the podcast, it ends up being this like very work centered conversation and trying to create balance. Like work is sitting at the middle and we're trying to balance everything else around work. Mm -hmm. And this, what, what I'm trying to teach and what my partner and I have, my husband and I have instituted in our lives is that we sit at the center. Our family sits at the center everything else needs to fit with what works for us. And that kind of follows that human-centered design approach. You mentioned to reassess and like look at this design and and redesign almost Mm -hmm. um, during different seasons. Do you do that like at a specific time, like every three months, or is it truly like 
I have this feeling that work is easing up a little bit. Let me redesign type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting. What I have found is that, so we do, we, we do it on an annual basis for sure. Like it's at the, and we do happen to do it at the beginning of the year. Like that's what works for us. Um, I don't, everybody's got to kind of find your groove and see what works for you. But um, I think at least once a year, it's worthwhile to do the design and to build on it or evolve it. What we've also found though, is there's two other like critical triggers that have started to happen. One is the kids growth. Like our kids are now five and eight. It is a completely different work-life way of balancing um, now that they are five and eight than it was when they were two and three. A sick day is different today than it was three years ago. Uh, The things that they're interested in at night and on the weekends are also different. So aftercare options are completely different. And so we've found also that doing a design or even like a mini design at the beginning of the school year is super helpful because you might think of new ideas that you didn't think of last year because they weren't ready for it. But now this year they're ready for it. Um, and then the other piece that I think is really important is just the ebb and flow of our jobs. So, you know, you could do it every year in January, but if you know that you have a heavy work period or a new project gets placed on, like, because I do freelance work, my work goes ebb and a flow, like a roller coaster. I take, you know, four or five weeks off over the summer, but I pack my work in around that time time off. Mm -hmm. And if I get a big project, that's like a good you know, a fun one that I really want to do, we'll do a quick redesign to make sure that we've got everything balanced in the right way. Um, And it looks different than it does on those weeks that I'm taking a couple of weeks off. Um, Mm -hmm. So we kind of, we do it a few different times in between as well. Mm -hmm. So something else that I wanted to talk to you about was your village or Mm -hmm. just support during all of this, because especially with a five and an eight-year-old, there must be people to fill the gaps when you are working, right? And your husband is doing whatever he does too. So do you have a community and village for support and how did you create it if you do? Yes, absolutely. So this is a critical, critical part of building your work-life design. Um, And one part is mental, and that is like being Mm. willing and ready to ask for help and then also being willing and ready to receive it. So it's two different steps. And I did a lot of work on that. You can call my coach and ask her. Like there's probably (laughs) like weeks spent with just me getting attuned to the idea that I didn't have to do it all. I could ask for help. I could receive support and receive it with grace and humility and not shame and guilt. And so I I think that's a really important part of building a village that you can truly count on is that the village is really there for you and it's okay to tap into it and work with your community to build the support that you need. And it doesn't always have to be like a tit for tat, like because you watched your friend's kids on a Friday night, like doesn't mean that all of a sudden they have to watch yours the following week. Like there's gotta be some just like generosity and grace in it, knowing Mm -hmm. that everybody's there to support each other. Um, So that's number one, like get in the mindset of being willing and ready to ask for and receive help. And then as you start to think about what your community needs to include, take that same creative mindset, because I think sometimes we only think about things like daycare that could be very, very expensive for, for not all families can afford daycare, especially if you're a mom doing like a side hustle. 
So what do you have around you and what could be done in exchanges? Is it a high schooler that lives down the street who can come and like hang out with your kid while you're working? We did that for a while. We have neighbors who have kids who are in middle school and high school. So they babysit, but we're home while they're babysitting because they're not quite ready to like step out um, and babysit on their own. Um, the other piece is really thinking about um, like kind of the unexpected people that maybe you wouldn't always think of. So let me give you an example. Um, I used to have a tendency to think I could only ask for help from my family or my closest friends. Like I'm talking people I'd been friends with for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And what we've uncovered in building our village and our community here next to us is I, we have a great neighbor who lives next door and we, we're not all hanging out all the time. It's, it, you know, it's not like that, but we, oh my goodness, did we work it out? We're like, we're happy to take Nicola anytime they need help. And they're happy to take the kids anytime we need help. And, you know, now we've structured it where the kid every other week on a Friday, each of us get a date night because like Hi. our kids are going there on Friday or they're come, he's coming here on a Friday. And that's unexpected. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have like thought to design that except to start having conversations about how we needed it, you know, mm -hmm. and we need, wanted to support each other in that way. Um, and then the, the other piece I would say is you've got your village that's in proximity to you who can be that tangible helping hand. So whether it's a nanny, an aftercare program, a neighbor who's supporting you, the you know teenage babysitter, whatever that might be, that's like your tangible, like come and help me because I just need some time, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the like emotional support village that we also really need. And we sometimes lose touch with or forget about when we get so caught up in the daily tasks and activities. And what I started to find was that I was really losing touch with some of my village that I had had pre-kids or at the beginning of kids. And I was missing a lot of those people, but I also was feeling a lot of guilt for having, having let the lag happen, right. For mm -hmm. having like taken a step back or maybe not worked quite as hard. Cause I just couldn't do it all. Mm -hmm. And so if that's happening or something that you're feeling, I would also just say like one small conversation or one short text goes a long way to just start rebuilding those connections and be open and honest with those individuals and the people who fill your cup because they're going to understand. Like I have plenty of friends who I get ghosted from or like, don't write me back. <laughs> and then like a couple months later, they're like, oh, by the way, and whatever they had going on, I get, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we understand each other. So it's like, don't hold on to that shame. Just go ahead and keep going, like keep reaching out. Um, and don't be afraid to tell them what you've got going on because they could really support you in ways that might be unexpected. I love that. I love how your approach to everything that we've talked about, there is a mental and emotional piece to it. Not just like, you know, the calendar piece to it and the asking for like filling in the gaps of support fill, uh, piece of it. Because uh, mm -hmm. that is such the, uh, the emotional piece is what I work on a lot with journaling. Mm -hmm. And yes. if you don't like fill that those pieces in like about the asking and receiving help is so big. When you said that, I was like, yeah, because if you're not in the headspace where you can ask a, you're just not going to ask, but if somebody mm -hmm. offers, you're going to say no, uh -huh. or just not like know how they can support you. And then you're not going to receive it. And it's just like this downward spiral. And the simple solution for that is just like mental and emotional, yes. like fixing it yourself. 
Yes, totally. Yeah. Do the journaling, mm-hmm. do the journaling yeah. and unpack why, like, it's so true. And like, it's so interesting now too, because I can recognize my old self in so many people that I interact with. Right. Cause now I, I, I have cultivated a space where I have time to give, I, I have an ability to help my village with my time because I'm not filling it as full as I used to fill it. So I offer a lot. I'm like, Oh, you've got to work tomorrow. Like, let me take the kids for you. If you can't find a sitter or, Oh, Hey, like I'll pick up the pizza for the kids, uh, whatever activity at school, like I can just, you know, zip over and do it. And it's been so interesting to see how different people respond to it. And like Mm for, for, and, and like so many times the hurdle isn't actually the time or the hurdle isn't that you don't have the village. It's that you're still thinking that you've got to take it all on. Mm -hmm. Um, that one's a big one. I'll also say the, the mind and the practicality that's, that is like so critical and core. And I'm running a group program right now and we're about three weeks in. And one of the women yesterday, we just had our meeting and she was like, this is way more, way more mind work than I thought it was going to be. And, and I was like, Oh, I I was like, Oh, well, yes, that's, you know, there's a method to the madness, but how does it feel? And she was like, it feels so good. Mm -hmm. She's like, I didn't know that that was what I needed but it's exactly what I needed. And she could see how it was going to mean that when we get pen to paper and start getting tactical, it was going to be that much more meaningful. So um, that makes me feel really excited because I think that 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 is what we need, whether we know it or not. Yes, yes. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think the emotional and mental piece is once you work on that, it almost Mm -hmm. makes it the rest easier, like filling the calendar. It's like, oh, I could fit yoga in here or I could, I don't need to be doing that anymore, but you couldn't see that clearly when you have those old beliefs that you've had, you know, your whole life. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, and also, and I don't know if you've gotten into this much yet, but I've started to get more into the somatic work too. And just like mm-hmm. the nervous system regulation and some of the like tools to support that. And that's kind of blown my mind as well. I'm like, this is a whole other level of the mind work that I didn't realize I needed, but is so important, especially for those deregulating moments of parenthood where you're just like, like, like I literally would say to my husband, like it's fried. My brain is fried. It's done. Like I can't, can't do it anymore. And now I'm realizing there are ways to make my brain less fried, uh, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Marissa, you're doing such important work and such helpful work. I feel like your clients must feel like this weight lifted off their shoulders and so much relief working with you. I hope so. They say they do, which I love. And um, I just, I really enjoy it. Like this lights me up and I get super excited about helping people. And, and even to your, like the conversation earlier about like, I'm just all about how do we get more of this information out into the world, whether people decide to work with me or not. There are lots of different people that you can work with. And like you said, each one of us have worked with coaches at different places in our lives. It's, it's more about, I just want people to understand that there's a different way and that it's okay that you don't know what that way is yet. Mm-hmm. It's just about creating the space to, to give yourself an opportunity to find what that is. 
I have a feeling that after my listeners hear this episode and hear you speak, they're going to love your energy and love <laughs> just your perspective. If they do want to get in touch with you or just see what you have to offer, where can they do that? Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. So you can go to reimagineambition.co um, is our website specifically for working parents. So that is everything. On, you can find all our podcast episodes there. And you can also find information about working with me as a coach. Um, I also have marissagreen.com, um, which is for anybody interested in the company side, the employee work um, that we do to support employees um, inside organizations as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Samantha. Great to see you again. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's journal entry. I love connecting with my listeners. So make sure you screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at samantha.s.says so I know you're listening. And don't forget to grab your free training and journal prompts at www.samanthapenkoff.com forward slash podcast.